CJ Peterson, and welcome to The Journey is Real. We talk to real people with real passions who share a real portion of their hearts. Today, my guest is Ben Winter, and we're going to be talking about the journey of expectation. Thank you for coming on today, Ben. Thanks for having me. Um, expectation is kind of a tricky thing. Um, they can cause kind of anxiety or depression, or they can cause hope and anticipation. How did the journey of expectation become a passion because it is kind of an interesting one yeah it's it's an interesting path too so i started doing improv over a decade ago and in the last five or six years time has been flying uh, i've been teaching improv for kind of team building purposes mm -hmm. and throughout the teaching process i kept coming across this portion uh, of the improv rules and one of them really kind of dives into expectations. Mm -hmm. And one thing I kept saying over and over and over was that nobody gets upset unless an expectation hasn't been met. Mm -hmm. And you know, then I continue on with a rule and explain how to get through that uh, in terms of improv and, and team building. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, sitting there, I was just like, okay, this is really cool. This I'm onto something, but just kind of diagnosing it doesn't solve anything. So I, I kind of decided that I really needed to dive into what expectations are, where they come from, um, how to work through them when you're upset, and so on and so forth. And so, you know, here we are today with a book about the entire subject. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, people don't understand, they get frustrated, they get offended, they get upset, they get anxious, and they get all that stuff inside of them. And the biggest issue, honestly, is that they're expecting somebody or something to happen. And if it doesn't, then the world crashes all around them. And it's like, you need to be more flexible. You need to understand. You need to look around you. You need to figure things out and kind of put them into perspective and put yourself in the shoes of the other person either. People aren't mind readers. You know, yeah. they don't know what's going on in your head. They don't know what you're expecting. And, and that I think you hit it kind of dead on is most of the time we don't even share what our expectations are. So, you know, if, if I have an expectation of somebody else and they don't follow through on that expectation, I can't blame them because I never told them that I had that expectation of them. So it's like, exactly. uh, duh, like they didn't know their part. They didn't even know they were part of the play. They thought they were just an observer. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So what made you want to share this passion with others, though? You kind of touched on that when you said that you were teaching improv. Um, how did it kind of morph into this? It, it really became one of those things where, you know, I realized people get upset all the time. And I, here I am understanding like a fundamental cause of why people are getting upset. It's because an expectation went unmet. That's great. And but what do I do with it? And I, I kind of, I, well, first I created a flowchart before I created the book. And the flowchart kind of dives through, hey, you're upset. And, you know, the first question is, did you know that you had the expectation? Most of the time, we don't even know we had the expectation until we're upset. And so it just dives in uh, further and further and further in this flowchart. And then in the book, I kind of dive deeper into the, you know, every time you answer no, to one of the questions like did you know you had an expectation well no well there's something deep there mm -hmm. so i decided i needed to write a book about it and the goal ultimately at the end of the day is to maybe help somebody go from being upset one day and being at their wits end to actually finding peace again because maybe this flowchart helped them maybe something i wrote in the book helped them 
Uh, and that's ultimately it is, you know, I just want to help people. Now you mentioned that you do improv classes. Do you do classes on expectations as well? I, I do. Uh, they're kind of in flux right now with, you know, the <laughs> pandemic and all, but yes, they're, they're out there. They're in the works. So how can people <laughs> find that? The right now, the best way to find anything around this expectation stuff is around, uh, the website havingexpectations.com. So you can find the, the workflows on there for free. You can find information about the book, where to buy it. And then, um, you know, if you sign up for the newsletter or whatever, when there's a class, then you'll find out more about it. Awesome. Now you have multiple books out, not just the what to expect when having expectations book that we've kind of been touching on here and there. What other books do you have? So my first book is called Living unscripted and that one is mostly about using improv for everyday life uh, what most people don't realize until you say it and then they're like well yeah duh is that we live a life of improv every moment of every day of our lives we're improvising um, and the funny thing is is that until I took my first improv class I had no idea and most people don't have no idea there are rules to stage improv so when you're watching an improv show, you're watching the show whose line is it anyway, the people on stage are following a very simple set of rules. What are but, the rules? Just out of curiosity, because you've mentioned the rules a couple of times. Yeah, I'll, I'll get into that in a second. But <laughs> uh, but that book is really, it, it goes through the rules and how they apply to life as well. So it's just not for stage, but it's also for life. Uh, the most common improv rule that you're ever going to hear is the, the uh, rule, yes, and. Um, if you ask anybody who knows the rules of improv, that's that's one that's going to come up at the very, very front. Um, I think that's rule number two, um, but that's, you know, I I differentiate rule number one and rule number number two in, in a different way. So, but yes, and really comes down to accepting what is and adding to that moment. So, you know, if somebody wants something different in their life, they have to accept where they are right now. And they have to figure out what they're going to do to move forward and get to where they want to be. Because if you're just going to say, well, no, this isn't where I am. I'm not poor. I'm not, you know, missing this or that. Or, you know, I, I no, I do have a relationship, even though I clearly don't have a relationship. You know, if you're in denial, you're not going to move forward. But if you're sitting there saying, yeah, I don't have the relationships I want. I don't have the money I want. I don't have this. I don't have that then you can move forward and say, okay, I don't have the relationship I want. And what part do I play? What do I need to do? What can I do to create a different relationship, to find a relationship, whatever it may be. And, um, you know, that's, you know, on stage, if two people walk out on stage and one says, hi, mom, how are you? The other person has to now take on the role of mom. And that's, that's the nature of improv on stage. It's yes, I'm mom. And now I have to say something to add to the scene, to build onto it and, you know, continue the things forward. Because if I say, well, no, I'm not your mom, I'm your brother. You know, then the audience is like, what the hell just happens? Is the person blind? Like what's, everybody's confused. Yeah, it's no longer fun. You're just, you're in this space of confusion. But when the other person walks out and says, yeah, um, yeah, I'm your mom, and I'm upset because you spilled paint in the garage, right? Now there's a scene. Now you got mom, you got kid, you got paint spilled. Like you can go a lot of different places with that scene now. Mm -hmm. But if you say, "No, I'm your brother," 
okay, the scene's dead. Nobody knows what's going on and you, you can't do anything with that unless you're a really good improv artist and then <laughs> you can find your way out of it. But still, you don't want to even start a scene like that. So, <laughs> Gotcha. And rule number two? So for me, that is rule number two. The first one, because I, I put rule number one as don't deny, which is the first part of yes and. Because um, you have to like not deny what's going on um before you can do anything else and there's a lot of depth to just accepting what is in the moment the yes and rule is really about moving forward and from there and i agree um, with you i think number two should be number one because you need to accept it before you can move any direction before yeah. you need to accept it before the end yes exactly that's why I don't deny is rule number one and then yes and is rule number two um but usually they're lumped together into one rule by, by some people that teach improv. Uh, but when I'm teaching it for life skills, there's a very big differentiation between the two. And I, that's kind of why I, I separated them. Um, and the rule that really comes up with expectations is the be specific rule. Um, you know, a lot of times when you're on stage doing improv, you want to be specific to help lead the other actors where you want to go. Um, because if you're very vague and it's like, yeah. Hi. How are you? It doesn't where really I, give. Where am I? <laughs> yeah. It's like it doesn't provide any information for the other actors to move forward. That's why the and is so important. And yes, and it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm angry, and here's why I'm angry, and give reasons. Now the other person has something to work with, or you know, whatever the scene calls for. But be specific really kind of adds those specific things to it, and what. You know, what are those things that we always have the most specifics about? Like legalese, contracts, things that lawyers put together. They're so specific. Every word is used exactly as it was meant to My be eyes used. I tend to glaze over when it comes to contracts. <laughs> right. I'm just like, oh, stop. <laughs> right. But that's, that's expectations in action. That is mm -hmm. like, you know exactly what to expect. If you read every word, you mm -hmm. would know exactly what to expect as a result of that contract. And so specifics in improv is just basically setting expectations. And so because it's improv and life is improv, mm -hmm. you know, you gotta be specific when you're talking to somebody and saying, hey, I need you to do X, Y, and Z, or, hey, I'm interested in you. Like, hey, um, mm -hmm. you know, you can't just, there are some guys that are so dense, you can't just put on a show and hope they'll, they'll pick up on it. You got to say, hey, I'm interested in you. It's like, oh, okay, cool. You know, that sort of thing. I can go with that. Yeah. So, so that's, that's uh, one of the big rules is, is being specific. And that's where this uh, expectations book really kind of came to fruition because of that rule itself. Gotcha. Now, are there any other rules we need to know about on the way through? Yeah, there's a um, focus on the present and trust are the other two that I talk about in my book. Awesome. Can you elaborate yeah. a little bit on both of those? Because I think that those are important as the other yeah. one. And sure. I think that they have life applications in both. I did drama for a number of years. So I kind of, I'm understanding where you're coming from, but not everybody <laughs> listening has. So you need to spell it out for them. <laughs> Fair enough. So focus on the present is very important in conversation. Uh, you know, a lot of times if we're sitting there on our phone, not looking at the other person talking, are we really engaged? Are we really understanding what they're saying? Do we see their body language? Uh, do we get the meaning behind the words that they're sharing? You know, us doing this interview right now, 
if I was thinking about, well, as soon as this is done, I've got to go do that. I've got to put the laundry in the dryer. I've got, you know, if I'm thinking about everything else, I'm not going to be able to respond to you uh, effectively. I might miss what the question is. I might not understand where you're leading the conversation. Mm -hmm. And so when talking to somebody, anybody, group of people, you have to be focused on here and now. You have to be present. Otherwise, you're going to miss everything that's that makes that moment uh, the beauty that it is. Yeah. I mean, there's gold nuggets in every conversation, pretty much. You just yeah. got to find them. Exactly. And so focus, you know, I think, uh, so Eckhart Tolle wrote The Power of Now, which is all about being present. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, by all means, go, go read an entire book on that one. Um, but well, it's... Plus, it shows value to the person and lets that person know that what they're saying is valuable to you and that you're that they're important to you. And that conversation exactly. is important. Yeah, that is absolutely one one aspect for sure. And mostly it's just, you know, if we take it back to the stage, if I walk out on stage, the other person says, hi, mom, and I'm not focused on there and now I might miss that they said, mom. And I might miss that I have to like now become mom. Like I may have come out with some completely different idea in my, in my head. But if I was focused on the present, then I would hear them say that. And I would, you know, disregard what I had thought about before and move forward. Mm -hmm. And so how often do we, do we go into a conversation with somebody with preconceived ideas, notions, where the conversation is going to go and they take it in a completely different direction. Now we're kind of like defensive. Cause it's like, wait a second, where, where did you go? I'm not going over there. Mm -hmm. But had you been paying attention, you'd be like, yeah, I'm going over there with you. Let's let's talk about it that way. Yeah, um, people tend to listen to answer instead of listening to hear. And sometimes that causes communications as well. Because if you're an actor on the stage and you're like, well, I've already got this played out in my head. <laughs> Meanwhile, the other one's like going, well, I think I want it to go this way instead. And if you're not there and you're just kind of trying to guide it yourself you're, you're fighting against the other person and, and that's not good on stage either no and it's a direct representation of life so yeah. absolutely you know if, if you know how often do we listen to somebody ask us a question we think we know where they're going but then they they twist it right at the end and we were answering the wrong question at that point mm -hmm. you know you can watch any number of videos and people do that all day long mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of frustrating for the person you're having the conversation with because they're like, no, you didn't hear what I said. Well, yeah, let Take me let me complete the that. question first. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this isn't Jeopardy. <laughs> you, know, you, need, you don't need to tell me the question. You need to give me an answer, but you got to listen to the whole question first. So and what's the last rule you said? It's trust. And, and trust is mostly a result of following the other rules. Mm -hmm. um, so, and a lot of times when I'm teaching it, uh, people will often say like, well, if I'm the only one learning the rules of improv, where does trust come in? Well, it's trust of self at that point. You know, if you're on stage with a group of people and they've all, they all know the rules of improv, they've all been involved in improv, they understand it. It's very easy to get on stage and trust those people because they're on the same page. And over time, you build that trust more and more and more because you see that, yes, they are, in fact, engaged in those rules. Yeah. And like I had I had a we were kind of accidentally broken into groups of two 
And so I had a partner and I trust my partner. And I knew if one of us messed up, the other one could cover it up. It's like when you get to know the other partner really well, you can do that and you can trust them of knowing that, okay, they're not going to drop me and leave me and look at me and go, what did you just say? <laughs> that's not the line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and that's the that's the beauty of being around people that that understand the rules and have studied them is because you know that if you fall flat, somebody's there to pick you up and vice versa. Um, you know, I've, I've done a fair number of plays in my time and, you know, that's scripted and you, you know, what to, what to expect as the play goes on. The funny thing is if you run the same play five times, not a single one of them will be the same because something always happens. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoy doing plays with people that have done improv because they know how to help each other out of that bind. Um, you know, I, I was in a, I was in a play and somebody missed their cue and I thought it was me. So I jumped out when I thought I did, I skipped a page and a half of dialogue and, you know, we did, did the scene and I went backstage and I was like, Oh crap. We, we skipped a, somebody's like you skipped a page and a half i was like all right i got this i can get us back you know just everybody follow my lead so somebody else did their thing i went back out i got that page and a half of dialogue back into the play came back and i said all right now we're back where we're supposed to be <laughs> and it, well, the audience had no idea um that's yeah, the it's, of it because they don't they just go along with whatever the flow is in front of them they don't know any different yeah. And they hadn't seen this play before, so it worked out well. It's and even if they had, they'd be like, that was different tonight. Why, why was that different tonight? It was like, well, we moved some scenes around, you know. <laughs> I liked it. It was good. It, it flowed different. Uh, kind of like that. That's kind of the same idea behind writing. There are two types of, I'm an author. So there are two types of writers. There are usually planners or pantsers. The planners plan everything out, you know, to the detail. Um, and then as pantsers, we sit down and we just write and go with the flow and the characters, like a couple of my books I had, I had rewritten from their initial books and the characters just took off with it and went elsewhere and talk about improv 101, <laughs> you know, completely redoing with like 12 different characters in a completely different direction from when the book originally was. And in all honesty, that's kind of life, whichever characters you add in, you don't go against the character of the character and it changes the scene it changes how it turns out. You know, you just kind of got to trust that they're going to keep going in the same direction or the direction that you need them to go. I like that. Yeah. So I, I've, I've only written nonfiction, so I don't, I don't know how to write fiction. <laughs> well, um, actually it's improv 101. Fair enough. <laughs> you have certain characters and you just take them in a different directions. Um, how I write them is kind of like as if I'm watching them on, on a movie screen. I'm ADD and OCD at the same time. So I make sure that the details are in there with the OCD, but I'm ADD. So if it's boring, that scene is gone. I rip it out. <laughs> so, it's always full of action somewhere, um, but it's kind of the same, same guidelines and rules as improv. And I think I learned that from drama and being in drama for a number of years, because it's like you, you, when you're on that stage, there's no one to bail you out technically, but yourself. If you mess yourself up, you got to get yourself out of it. And I love how you've taken a lot of those rules and um, life, you've, you've flipped them to life applications, real life applications. And I love how you've done that. And it's, it's a perfect fit. I mean, we are not li living a scripted life. We're not living a you know, Hollywood movie. 
<laughs> what comes in front of us is what we have to deal with. And we have to trust those around us to help us and us help them. It's not just one way, it's a two-way street and getting through where we need to get through. Exactly. And, and that's why I wrote that book is people don't need to learn improv to be up on stage. I kind of feel like they need to learn improv because that's how we live life. Mm -hmm. And, and if you understand the rules of improv, your life just works that much easier. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know my life is much happier, much easier to handle when I treat it as a big giant improv show. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, so we have about three minutes left. Is there anything you'd like to add? Uh, there's nothing specific other than, you know, if you're interested in kind of having another tool in your toolbox to get past any sort of issues you have is, you know, just to head to my website and get that free uh, workflow, mm -hmm. um, you know, study it, take a look at it, put it on your fridge, use it as a constant reminder that, you know, it's okay to be upset. Just don't stay there very long. And there's some, there's, here's another way that you can kind of tackle that and choose something different in the moment. Perfect. Well, those who are looking to find them online, you can find them online at havingexpectations.com. That's H-A-V-I-N-G-E-X-P-E-C-T-A-T-I-O-N-S.com. And his name is Ben Winter. And thank you for coming on today, Ben. We appreciate you sharing your insight because it was kind of insightful. It was a really good life application. So I appreciate that. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And thank you guys for listening to The Journey is Real, where we talk to real people with real passions who share a real portion of their hearts. I'm CJ Peterson of cjpetersonwrites.com. Until next time.